calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, everyone. Alex here, one of the producers of Long Night in Egypt. I'm here to tell you about a new show that I love. It's called London After Midnight. Considered one of the holy grails of silent cinema, the last known copy of London After Midnight was destroyed in 1965. And now, for the first time in decades, you can experience this lost classic, adapted from the original screenplay in audio format. And it's by the same director as Long Night in Egypt. So if you enjoyed this show, I'm sure you'll love London After Midnight. Five years before the story begins, a wealthy Englishman committed suicide at his country estate. But there are those in his family who harbor dark suspicions, especially in light of the new tenants, who you'll meet soon enough. I've included part one of this two-part show for you to enjoy. The full show can be found as part of the Midnight Matinees podcast or as an ad-free binaural digital download at www.londonaftermidnight.co.uk So, enjoy! The marquee lit up the summer skies of 1923. Not long after, things began to happen. On a street with no name in an all-but-forgotten town in the somewheres of America sits the old Bijou movie palace, long abandoned and left to the elements. Well, they knew the Bijou had been built atop the remains of the fire-ravaged Vickers Hotel. But the warnings went unheeded. Then there were the sightings. The child's apparition running up the stairs. The woman in period clothing appearing on the balcony. Reflections of faces in the poster display cases. But eventually the tapestries faded and the coffered ceiling cracked. 
a cathedral to the sweetest dreams and darkest nightmares fell to pieces. But at night, if you listen, you can hear the bijou's projector being turned on and the audience settling in for another midnight matinee. Five years ago, wealthy Englishman Roger Balfour committed suicide at his country estate. But there are those in his family who harbour dark suspicions, especially in light of the new tenants, who you'll meet soon enough. And now, for the first time in decades, the Bijou presents in its entirety, with a little twist, something very, very special. All of it. It's a crime, that's what it is. These gardens used to be the envy of the county. Now look at them. Look at what? I can barely see two steps ahead of me. Oh, I sure complaining. Keep that lantern up. I am. We'll keep it bloody higher. Here, who made you, Lord and Master? Eh? You want to lead the way? That's what I thought. Now, unless you want to be here all night. You tell that, Tima Tekka. Keep going. Round the corner. Oh, what is it? Oh, Jesus and Mary. It's him. It's Harry Balfour. Oh, heavens. This'll break Lissy's heart. Break her heart? How about Sir James, then? After them both like there was his own children. Enough. Nothing to be done now but break the news. Let's get out of here before we become part of this godforsaken place. Sorry, Sir James. For what, my dear? We all sound a wrong note now and again. It's just so hard to focus. Excuse me, another brandy, Sir James? Doris, your timing is impeccable. I'm fresh out. <laughs> Let me guess, Lucy. Your brother again? I just don't understand why Harry would go away without saying anything. It's not in his nature. <clears throat> Sir? 
Williams, find my secretary and have him come here, will you? Yes, sir. He'll resist, likely knee-deep in paperwork, but make it clear that refusal is not an option. Certainly, sir. If you don't need me for anything else, sir, there's still quite a bit of washing up to do. By all means. Lucy, what about that number you were playing last night after supper? A gentle, calming air. I can try. You wanted me, Sir James. Ah, oh, yes. If you'll excuse me, Lucy. Business beckons. Of course. And do try to put your mind at rest. I'm certain all will be well. Hibbs. All is not well. Mr. Fernsby has just returned from the grounds of the Balfour place. What was he doing out there, at this hour? He and two of the stablemen claimed to have heard something untoward and went to investigate. Miss Smithson? What is it? Lucy, stay there. Oh, Lord. I'm sorry, sir, it's true. Found him in the Balfour Garden. His neck's been broken. Some of the strangest wounds I've what ever... What is going on? Lucy, this is nothing to concern yourself with. It's Harry, isn't it? Something has happened to Harry. It's Lucy, I'm so sorry. For God's sake, Fernsby. He's dead, isn't he? Oh, God, Harry! Oh. Miss Balfour, He I... must get her the hell out of here, now! <laughs> London After Midnight. Adapted by Lance Roger Axt and Kenton Hall. Based on the silent film by Voldemort Young and Todd Browning. And originally starring Lon Chaney. Directed by Jack Bowman and Kenton Hall. About bloody time. You won't be so relieved when you see him. Do try not to stare. What do you mean? His appearance is somewhat unusual. Oh, you're not kidding. He looks like an undertaker. It's that damned beaver hat. I've never seen him without it. Lost his hat. Look at his face. Who's the woman with him, then? I've no idea. His lady wife, perhaps? His pet witch, from the looks of it. At least she has the good sense to hide behind a veil. Hush. Well? Right here. Do you need to... No. You'll pardon us, sir, for not going in with you, but... <sighs> Understand, sir, the owner will make no repairs. That includes the, uh... Garden. Pen. Here. Mr. Hibbs. A pleasure. You are gonna need help with your bags then, sir. Don't touch them. Thank you. Well, they fit the house like a glove at least. So it would seem. Let us pray we are mistaken. for the... Sorry, ma'am, the... Uh... You can say Balfour Place, Mr. Firmsby. It's all right. 
Yes, ma'am. Settled in, then, are they? Settled would not be the word I'd choose, Sir James. Why? What's wrong with them? There's very little right with them, sir. Whatever do you mean? It's nothing, Miss Balfour. An unusual couple, that's all. Unusual? Not this earth, more like. Don't be foolish, man. I don't see how anyone can take the place at all after everything that happened. I understand it must seem terribly callous, Lucy, but I'm afraid we've been six months without a... a tenant. Much longer, and I'm afraid we'd be in dire straits. Woman with him wasn't a mite less strange. Dressed all in black, she was, with these long black sleeves like wings. Wings? Bat wings. <sighs> that, that's probably her now. All right, that'll be enough of that. Sir James, Mr Hibbs, you didn't think to vet these people before they moved in. They had all the proper references. All the same. And they paid in cash. Wait, cash, you say? Oh, I see. The most important credential. Never mind. Hibbs, this must be three months' rent, Sir James. Though I seriously doubt they'll be staying that long. And they'll most likely be confining themselves to their coffins during the day. I said that'll be enough of that. Do they understand there will be no repairs? He seemed content, if that's the right word. The contract. Look, everyone, as long as they keep to themselves and we do the same, I fail to see the issue. If I am proved wrong, I shall ring for the constable. Yes? Of course. As you see fit, Sir James. Quite right. I'm assuming no one will mind if I look this over in the study. Quite right. This... this is impossible. Sir James, if you don't need me for anything else... What the hell is this? What's what, sir? Don't you give me that! What game are you playing here? Game? Uh, I can assure you, no one. Look at the signature. Roger Hamilton. Roger Hamilton? Roger Hamilton? I don't understand. Do you know the gentleman? Hibbs. Roger Hamilton was the birth name of Roger Balfour before he came into his title. Uh, I had no idea. Roger Balfour, who committed suicide in that very house five years ago to the day. Uh, sir, I. Lucy's. Father? It, it must be a coincidence. It must coincidence. be. Coincidence. Coincidence is the name weak men give to their ignorance. Are they up? Can't tell. Hard to see through all the trees. The lights seem to be out. And the cart is empty. They brought everything in. And it would seem a turning in for the night. Enjoy it while you can. It's not going to last. Sir? Williams, first thing tomorrow morning, I want you to call Scotland Yard. Scotland Yard? Hang the constable. Tell them to send someone out. What reason should I give them, sir? <laughs> well, for starters, fraud. Good afternoon, sir. I'm assuming Sir James Hamlin is in. He is, sir. Who may I say Tell is... him an old friend, just back from India, has come to visit. One moment, sir. Oh, good morning, Miss Smithson. Good morning, Miss Balfour. 
We missed you at breakfast. Pardon the intrusion, miss, but did you sleep well? You look tired. No, Miss Smithson, I did not. You? Not a wink. Perhaps a nice cup of tea, then. Oh, why not? <sighs> Lucy, there you are. I was thinking about taking the horses out. Excuse me, sir. In the foyer, waiting for you, an old friend from India. He wouldn't give me his name. An old friend? Couldn't be Colonel Yates. He's not due back for another month. Two months, in fact. But he does send his regards. <laughs> Perk! Well, you did call for someone from Scotland Yard. Ah, when did you? Uh, recently. Uh, first, uh, first day back on the job. Sir James, aren't you... Ah, I'm sorry. Lucy, this is... Edward Burke, ma'am. Scotland Yard. Old friend of my father's. And Miss Lucy, I know from Sir James's correspondence. His prose scarcely does you justice. Oh, in that case, I shall have to read these missives. Would you like to join us for tea? I'm uh, sure I wish I could, but unfortunately, my business here is official. James? Hips. A coincidence, nothing more. Coincidence? Not you two. I'm sorry? This is a scheme by design, and I need you to do something about it. If not for me, then for Lucy. Scheme? We've no evidence he is pretending to be THE Roger Hamilton. It's not an entirely uncommon name. Damn it, man. Lucy has lost a father and a brother. I won't have some miscreant playing morbid games with her. All right. What does the man look like? <sighs> I didn't see him myself. Hibbs? Tall, thin. Pale as a ghost. Frankly, there was something unearthly about him. Hibbs, this is no time for tiresome superstitions. Unholy. Unholy? It was only an impression, sir. I'm afraid unless this Roger Hamilton commits some prosecutable crime, there is very little I can do. It is not as yet illegal to look peculiar. Wait, please, there's something else. James! <sighs> please, just... <sighs> Sir James, what is... here, I remember putting it... Uh... There, there! James, what am I... A copy of the original deed. There, there. That's Roger Balfour's signature. Now look at Roger Hamilton's signature. Well, look at it. Hmm. Well, there are similarities, uh, certainly. It's the same man, and you know it. Hibbs, leave us. Now. Of course. The same signature? You want to call that coincidence as well? James, this isn't like you at all. Upset over a pale-faced man and a scribble... The fact that I wouldn't normally react this way should tell you everything you need to know. What are you suggesting? Roger Balfour is dead. You fear his ghost? Oh, damn it, Burke. This isn't a ghost. This is... This is what? It's worse than that. It's... James. <sighs> Here. Well, what am I looking at? These are the plans of this house. And this is the passageway that leads to the vault in which Roger Balfour is buried. Secret passageways, James. You've surrendered yourself entirely to the Gothic. Only thing missing is an X to mark some buried treasure. Burke, help me open his burial chamber. You have just finished haranguing your man for superstitious prattle, and Hibbs now... He doesn't begin to understand the true nature of what's happening here. Please, Burke, for the sake of my sanity. All right. But when we don't find anything, I hope you will abandon these ludicrous notions. I fully expect not to find anything. That's what worries me.
Miss Balfour. Miss Balfour. Miss Balfour. <laughs> what? Are you all right? I... I thought I heard a voice calling to me from the garden. Well, there's no one here. You really don't feel it, do you? Feel what? The air of disquiet. Like we're being watched. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Ready? For this fantasy to be put to bed entirely. <laughs> Give it a moment to air out, would you? <clears throat> Nothing doing. All right. All right. <sighs> the coffin lid's open. Do you believe me now, do you? Believe what, precisely? The coffin. It's empty. We... We need to leave. Now. Have I convinced you at last? That someone is playing a cruel game with you and your family, yes. And it will be brought to an end, I assure you. Easier said than done. What do you mean? I found this last night. The undead, the vampires. Oh, for Those whose sake. rest is neither quiet nor holy. Those who leave their graves at night to feast on the blood of the living. Trapped souls, subsumed by hunger. Those who met their end via supernatural means. Those damned by their own actions. Those who died by their own hand. Ah, now we come to the crux of the matter. You think that because Roger Balfour died a suicide, he has been condemned to walk the earth as a vampire, is that it? You have another explanation. Nosferatu were not exclusively birthed from another's bite. A decrepit stranger with Roger's signature, a, a missing body. Another explanation. I have a thousand, the simplest of which is that a miscreant is abusing your feelings about Harry Balfour and, I'm guessing, for his sister, which thankfully limits the suspects to those here in the house. Lucy? What the hell is going we on? We heard Miss Balfour scream. As did I. She went to retrieve something from her bedroom and... So, she's in there? Well, yes, but... Then why in blazes are we standing around here? Miss Smithson seems either unwilling or unable to open the door. Is that right? Well, we'll soon see to that. Locked. 
Miss Smith, sir, open this door at once, damn you hide! Find a key, Hibbs, find it now. Yes, Sir James. Wait, no need. Sir James? What are you playing at, Miss Smithson? Where's Lucy? We heard screams. I'm sorry, Sir James. I, I, I didn't know what else to do. About what? Talk sense. James, she's injured. Look at her neck. Her neck? What about her neck? Miss Smithson, the wounds on your neck. May I? What wounds? Sir James, look. She's been bitten by something, I, I grant you. Oh, my God. I was almost ready to surrender to your scepticism, Burke. But this seals it. Those two puncture wounds are a precise replica of those we found on the neck of poor Harry Balfour. You had best tell us exactly what happened and where we might find Miss Lucy. She's... she's locked in her dressing room. It was the safest place I could think of. Have you gone mad, woman? Hibbs, go and free her. The key, Miss Smithson. Yes, yes, of course. Miss Smithson, I understand you've had some manner of shock, but perhaps you might start at the beginning. Doris mentioned that Miss Lucy seemed ill at ease, so I, I offered to draw her a hot bath. I was fetching fresh linens from the closet in the hall when I saw him. Him? A pale man, sickness thin, in a tall beaver hat. The tenant, I told you, Burke. <gasps> Miss Smithson, oh, thank God. I thought you had been, oh, you screamed so. Are you hurt, Lucy? She seems unharmed. Come, sit down over uh, here. I am well, Sir James. I came for my hairbrush and, oh, I definitely need to sit down. Oh, Lord, the look in his eyes. I've never seen such a look. It was, it was a hunger. What did you do? I ran, sir. What else could I do? I ran into Miss Lucy's room and I locked the door behind me. I thrust her into the dressing room. Hoped he'd never know she was there. Whatever happened to me? You did right, Miss Smithson. But that's just it, Sir James. I may as well have stayed frozen to the spot for all the good it did. What do you mean? Oh, sirs, you'll think me mad. Some sort of, of vapour poured into the room. Vapour? Light smoke rolling under the door, and then, and then, he was there, in the room. The man in the beaver hat. Get away! Get away from me! You, you get out of here! Damn you! Please, try not to scream. I'm not here to hurt you. But I did. I did scream. I, I screamed and I must have fainted. When I came to, he was gone. And you had those wounds upon your neck? Wounds? Now, Burke, what do you have to say about all this? Another case of nerves. This house is rife with them. Oh, damn it, Burke. You still doubt? You can't still doubt. I must, man. You know me, James. You know I'm not as keen as you for hell to have overtaken us. <gasps> what is it, Lucy? Look! Out the window! There he is, lurking in the garden. And just like that, he's gone. She's right. Or are we all imagining that too, Burke? One way or another, this comes to an end. Tonight. Sir James, at least wait for me. Two sets of eyes are better than one. My patience is exhausted. I will have justice. I doubt your talent will take kindly to your intrusion. <laughs> My intrusion? He'd have some nerve to object. Look, come this way. 
We should be able to get a better glimpse inside from there. Are you sure? That man with his back to us. That's the man with the beaver hat. Oh my god, what is that? That would appear to be his lady companion. <laughs> Flying around the room, Burke. A bat in human form. Please tell me your doubt bears at least a fracture. Wait, wait, wait. There's someone else. Do you see? In the corner of the room, another man. He seems to be wounded. Oh. No, it can't be. What is it? That other man, Burke. He's Roger Balfour. And the wound at his temple is the one that took his life. Miss Smithson has finally succumbed to sleep. You need to do the same. I don't see how she can sleep. How any of us can ever sleep again. Show yourselves, you devils. Let's see how you fare in the light of day. Sir James, look around you. I don't think we have anything to fear. What the devil? The place is empty. That's impossible. According to Hibbs, they carted enough furniture in here to fill the place twice over. Well, there's no sign of any of it. It doesn't look as though the place has been occupied at all. Damned peculiar. <laughs> James! Yes! Put the pistol down, man! Manhand me! Your assailants have taken advantage of the open door, Sir James, and fled. Perhaps it's time you told me precisely what took place in this house. It's strange, Jerry. Death at every turn. But in this moment, I feel quite at peace. And that, in turn, is the greatest compliment you could pay me. Truly? I want to protect you, Lucy. I want the right to protect you. You do know that, don't you? I do. Though it is not your protection I seek. I know it's a lot to ask when I've yet to make my way in the world. I have no doubt that you will. And I desire nothing more than to be by your side for the journey. We shall protect each other. You mean... Jerry, I love you too. I've always loved you. And you are quite the fool if you hadn't worked that out for yourself. But Sir James... Has been very kind to me. I do not wish to hurt him, but... Nor do I. But we must be honest, for all our sakes. What was that? Nothing, my dear Lucy. Nothing but the wind. <laughs> you and the young lady had an understanding, I take it. She made me no promises. There are matters of greater import at hand. Hmm. So, you finally believe me. What do you suggest we do? Again, what I believe is that there are misdoings here, which is why I want you to contact Scotland Yard and request reinforcements. 
As you see fit. Hibbs. Hibbs, is that you? <gasps> Jerry? It's Sir James, do you think? No. No, I don't believe so. Coming, Sir James. Miss Balfour. Mr. Burke. You don't know me, and I have no claim to your confidence. No, I most certainly don't. But whatever happens tonight, I want... I need for you to have complete trust in me. Inspector, I have been unsettled enough of late. Please speak plainly. Mine has been a hard life, Miss Balfour. Cast in ways that are not always pleasant. Are you quite well, Sir James? <laughs> A more fruitless line of inquiry I cannot imagine. Sir? Nothing. I am feeling my years and I am weary. Pay it no mind. Now, if you could please take a letter. Of course, Sir James. To whom? Scotland Yard. You truly believe this will work? It will. So you will keep this quiet? Of course, Mr. Burke. I thoroughly trust you. In fact, I think you're wonderful. Well, that is all I can ask. Hibbs, if you could pry your eyes away from the window. Sorry, sir. I thought I saw... Never mind. God save us from what we think we see. London After Midnight featured the voices of Art Malik as Detective Edward Burke, Beth Eyre, Kenton Hall, David Bickerstaff, David K. Barnes, Sarah Dorset, Kareem Cronfley, Abby McLaughlin, Cliff Chapman, Jack Bowman, and Dan Starkey as Sir James Hamlin. I am Sally Walker-Taylor. London After Midnight was based on the silent film by Voldemort Young and Todd Browning and starring Lon Chaney. Adapted for audio by Lance Roger Axt and Kenton Hall and directed by Jack Bowman and Kenton Hall. Sound design by O'Shea Creative Media. Music by Kenton Hall and Brett Richardson. Recorded at the Soundhouse Limited, London. Midnight Matinees comes to you from Pocket Universe Productions, in association with Audio Marvels UK and Monkey Basket Entertainment. And with that, the theatre is closed. Every five minutes, a transplant candidate dies while waiting for a compatible heart, liver, or kidney. Imagine a technology that could provide those life-saving transplant organs for a high price, and imagine what a company would do to monopolize that technology. 
On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists unlocks this holy grail of medicine by reverse engineering the genomes of all mammals, creating an animal with organs perfectly suitable for human transplantation. They envisioned a docile herd animal, but one team member had another, darker vision. This ancestor is anything but docile. The team's work spawns something big, something evil, something very, very hungry. Ancestor is a complete serialized fiction podcast by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler, with all episodes available. Binge the entire story now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.